0: This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. We use the support of our patrons to bring you the best show we can. We also reward our patrons with bonus audio each week. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share nerdy stuff and talk to our listeners. You'd also reach us at brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, mike.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com, erica.nerdpodcastradio at, you guessed it, gmail.com. It's not at, you guessed it, it's radio at gmail.com and anthony it's a joke anthony doesn't have an email address you can also reach us on twitter at super vegan at nerdcaster mike at kersey smurf erica and of course at nerdcast radio thanks for listening everyone enjoy the show Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home.
1: Oh, that's great! Mike, oh, what was just... your favorite?
2: The movie. Oh. <laughs>
1: my favorite scene? Come on.
2: I I'm gonna say it is gonna be it's gonna be the fight scene, the fight scene with Rey and Kylo against the Honor Guard. You be- bastard! <laughs> <laughs> I think I took Bastards. Anthony's. Fight. I think I took Anthony's thing.
1: Sounds like it.
2: But no, I, I I really enjoyed that scene because it showed them you know fighting together. It showed this chemistry that shows that they are tied together way more than you could it could ever a lot. And to me, watching them fight the way they did against the honor guard and what and basically and Kylo basically forfeiting a lot of his beliefs through Snoke but with his assassination. Really shows to me personally that him saying her parents were just junkers, that she doesn't matter outside of this story. Uh, it, to me, it shows that it, that's a red herring. I think he's saying that be, to he's saying that to her to to weaken her resolve and to get her under his fist because in order to break somebody down and get them under your under your thumb is to make them feel like nothing. And that's exactly I, what I completely
1: disagree with you on that completely disagree with you on that. because I don't think he said that to get it under her thumb. I feel like that was a moment they were actually sharing because the whole scene with her in the cave and she wanted to see her parents and all she saw was a reflection of herself endlessly is uh, the way they're connected. I think that's what he saw. And oh. I think that's why he said what he said.
3: And here's the thing. And I think what I really liked about it was, and here's a big reason why I do think he's not a bad guy, but a good guy. He was like, basically just letting her know the truth. You came from nothing, but look at you now. Exactly. I came from I came from something and look at me now. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't effing matter that I have this great, valiant, heroic past, and you don't. We both are at the same place at the same time. Yep. And I was like, God damn it, man. God damn it, Rick God damn it, Kylo. That's just fucking beautiful.
1: Exactly. It was. It was absolutely beautiful. And that whole thing with Snoke saying that he created that link between them, complete bullshit. Complete No, I agree. That is,
2: no, that, is, that, is, that is bull.
1: That was Definitely. him trying to to do his little dark side tricks and, yeah, and yeah, lying I'm to trying them. Trying to take
3: credit for what the Force is doing. Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah, that was completely. Plenty bullshit. of people,
2: which is what plenty dark side users do is they, they try and manipulate your thought anything and that they have been grand facilitators. So, uh, but I, I I do have, those are my thoughts though with him and his mention of her parents is, and that the fact, and you know, honestly, if it doesn't turn out to be Red Herring and she, that is really the honest truth that she did come from nothing and that, and I, honestly, that puts the, the trope that, you know, of uh, the all the main characters of Star Wars having some heroic past on its ear, which I would not have a problem with. Anakin I'll be honest.
1: came from nothing. Yeah,
2: like, I, was, I don't I was, like, so. a lot of like a lot of the characters though come from things like you know Padme was was a queen and all the other Jedi's you know were Jedi, but well, she Anakin, was a
1: queen because she was voted as a queen exactly,
2: but she was also part of their upper society and trained to be a politician. So I mean I don't think she came from the slums and her. But anyway, that's off point it, it really does put it more on the ear. Anakin Anakin is part of you know the you do you came from nothing series, but it really puts it that uh, all the main heroes were connected in some way and oh. Ray it basically comes out of nowhere. Anakin
0: literally came
2: from nothing exactly Yeah, that's exactly yeah.
0: and also also is
4: uh, to Marie.
0: All right you lost us old man.
4: Yep. <laughs> so so let's let us let us go there to the geek side of there. <laughs>
0: uh, uh,
4: Timoree is the name of the stable boy at the end. Oh. And, oh
0: my and, God. <laughs> and,
4: and here's the here's the other thing. Other than Jedi in all of the movies, who has ever shown the use of the Force in grabbing something? He yeah. used the Force and grabbed that broom yeah. and brought it yeah. to himself.
3: He did. Well, yeah. I'll uh, be honest. That, if if in the next movie they decide to make Ray's parents like some sort of special, like Force user or something like that, I will legit be upset.
1: Yeah, I think it's perfect that she came. I from will nothing.
3: legit be very upset. Well, her parents aren't no
2: are nobody from the main, you know, the main canon or anything. They could have just been people who were Force sensitive but never fulfilled it because you know the order was gone or she just well, apparently got lucky they and got the Force
1: themselves stupid. So
2: yeah.
4: And that could have been because of, you know, just uh, things that happened in the past and, and all the other uh, the battles and the wars. You know, they could have still been running away from the original
0: Clone War.
1: That's true. That's true. <clears throat> all
0: right, I got to share my favorite scene, but my favorite scene wasn't in the movie.
1: Uh, I, okay. My
0: favorite scene is the inevitable scene that happened where a stormtrooper walked in on Kylo Ren where Kylo Ren is getting is getting shirtless and greased up just in case he gets force timed.
3: <laughs> that's amazing. oh,
1: that's great. <clears throat> uh, which actually leads into my favorite scene. So <laughs> my favorite scene is actually um like the the progression of their their force link. That's my favorite. Because it starts out with her like pissing off the little island nuns by shooting holes in the wall and ends with her like oh what i don't want to do this right now <laughs> so those were my favorite i love the little island nuns they were, <laughs> they were great. great perfect they're like oh shit so
0: Jedi. i there was a little bit of of expectation subversion for me at the beginning where um where um, Ray was knocking on the door to Luke's hut and the door blew open. I thought she did it with the force at first. And it was Chewie. <laughs> yeah. And it was like everybody just kind of went, oh, yeah, Chewie was with her.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to yes. lie. I, 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 same thing. I was like, geez, she's pissed. And then Chewie came in. I was like, oh, right, it's the Wookiee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Wookiee's pissed. <laughs> I, I think um,
0: my favorite. Rip his arm in, out of socket. My favorite real scene in the whole movie was when Luke went in the um, Millennium Falcon. Oh, and, that was a good um, one. To where go he to took the
1: dice. Story? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and R two D two nice. guilt trips him.
1: Oh, that yeah. was perfect. When R oh, two was... D two guilt tripped him, he's like, that was "Oh, really good. That was I was it. Unfair." <laughs> <laughs> I have to say I really enjoyed uh watching Chewy trying to eat a porg. That was great.
2: <laughs> That was a very good scene. <laughs> every like, time oh. he goes to take a bite, you know what them was like, that was my dad.
1: Yeah, right. And and now the Millennium Falcon is like
2: infested, infested
1: with porgs. <laughs> it's my great. Wife, my
2: it. wife legit said, "You know what? I think he, he's like, I think these things are so cute and they're fun, but they're pointless. I was like, but they're cute. Did Does Chewie own I... the Millennium Falcon now? Probably. Well, you know, The other inheritor would be Kylo, and he wants to blow that sucker up, so of course Chewie's Yeah, gonna...
1: Chewie's at this point. So, hey, uh, to all the listeners out there, Anthony uh, had to leave unexpectedly, so uh, he will not be on well, for the rest of it. Oh, wait, I are you back?
3: Yeah, I haven't left yet. I'll do my final scene thing. Just, you know, my okay. son's kind of upset right now.
1: Oh, okay. I thought you were saying you were leaving, so my bad.
3: I will be at the the cutoff point when we go from like one episode to
2: a second episode.
0: We've already done that. I think we haven't yeah, really done a that. cutoff. We're um. It's just going to be a nightmare to edit, but we're oh, just well. doing
3: a we're just doing a flow. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, what's your favorite scene, Anthony?
3: Okay, so this would probably be the last thing I say. Um... That whole scene with the fight scene, obviously, but before that, the whole Snoke and Ray thing with Kylo all the way up until the reveal when he's like, come join me. And she's like, please don't do this. And then they separate that whole thing. I know that's more than one scene, so I'm kind of cheating, but fuck it. Break the rules. That whole thing. All of it. All of that.
1: Mine was more than one scene. Mine was all the the times that they were force linked. So that's true.
3: So here are the things I like about that Um, one totally subverting and flipping the whole Star Wars thing upside down. Like You're like, Snoke, who's this guy? Oh my god, I wonder what's going to happen with him. And it's like, dead. Oh, okay. And at first, I was a little upset about that, because I was like, man, I really want to know what's up with this bad guy. But then I talked with my girlfriend after the movie, and she was like, there was no reason to keep him alive. He didn't really... He served his purpose. His purpose was generic bad guy who made Kylo bad. Like, that was his purpose. And this new Star Wars isn't about generic bad guys it's about good and evil ish everything's kind of gray like the whole thing with Finn finding out like hey look these weapon dealers they deal to the rebels too like not everyone is good and not everyone is bad there's just like gradients of gray
1: That's exactly what I think this new Star Wars is, is everything else was the good guys, the bad guys. This is going into, you know, that conflict, not only within yourself, but, you know, all the gray that is in the universe and trying to do the right thing. But it doesn't always work out the way that it's supposed to. I I agree 100 percent.
3: And so here's where I'm going to explain my whole I think Kylo is actually a good guy. And a lot of people will probably listen. They're going like, how could you think that you must explain yourself here? I will explain myself. When he does a thing where he reaches out to Rey and he's like, let's destroy the Jedi. Let's destroy the Sith. Join me. We can can rule the galaxy together. I'm not going to lie. I don't think he's wrong. Because it's already been established in the lore, in books, video games, the other movies. As long as there's Jedi, there will be Sith. And as long as there's Sith, there will be Jedi. As, light, right. as the light rises, Shadow will rise right there to, cl- to fight back and vice versa. The only way there could ever be peace in the galaxy is if there are no more Jedi and Sith.
1: I agree, they, 100%. They need,
3: they need to end. And those two of them, the... Sorry, everyone. That's okay. The last Jedi has finally died. Luke, or he will die. The last Sith, Snoke, has died. This just Ray and Kylo now. They could both have just been right there, right then, been let's end the legacy of these two force powers now. Cut it. It no longer needs to exist. It's over. We could end it now. We could have a new society. We could build it together where there is no Jedi. There is no Sith. There's no more of this power struggle between the two. And then there could actually be peace. Yeah. Ray though, on the other hand, is too wrapped up in the no, the light must win. Jedi are good guys kind of thing. Kylo has seen both sides. He's seen the failings of the Jedi, he's seen the failings of the Sith, and he knows they're both failed experiments. So in my opinion, what I really liked about that scene was, as opposed to the other movies where it's like good guy versus bad guy, hero versus villain, I think what we have, for the first time in like a lot in any movie really, we have two heroes fighting against one another. I see Kylo as more of an anti-hero and I see Ray as your more generic Mary Sue hero. We have two heroes with in my mind heroic intentions that just clash with one another.
1: Anthony has sold me on his plan. I am now team Kylo.
3: <laughs> so and and that's really what I do believe. I do not believe Kylo is the villain. I really do see him as a second hero that just happens to disagree with Ray and they're going to fight it out and I have no idea what will happen in the third movie. Well, now that Rey de- denied him, he's going to become a villain. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I think he. I think there's a very strong possibility that he'll go full dark side at this point now and be like, "Well, fine. If you're gonna if you're gonna continue with your Jedi bullshit, I guess I'll continue with my Sith bullshit."
1: No, I think in the next movie, Rey will come back to him, and she'll she'll agree to do exactly what he wanted to do to begin with. I, I don't know what the tipping point is going to be for her, but like. Like I was telling Brian a while ago, Ray, I don't think Ray's a Jedi. Like, I think that's absolutely wrong. She reacts with aggression towards everything. It's her first instinct. But so did Luke.
3: She saved the Jedi. Yeah.
1: Yes, I know. So did Luke. But there's nobody. There's no Yoda to teach her anything. Luke didn't exactly teach her not to do that. He basically said, wow, you're really powerful. See ya. Well, like that. people
0: keep on saying that there's no Yoda and there's no Luke anymore, but there's Force Ghosts,
4: right? But it's but and,
1: and with their Force Ghosts. <laughs> and, and,
0: and
4: this is where where <sighs> where this where the title of the movie really comes into the Last Jedi, because as we've shown throughout the story arc from the very beginning to now, is you always had the Jedi Academy, you had the uh, you had the Padawan with your Jedi Master, and at this point, both uh, Kylo and Rey, both of them have no master. They were they were still in the beginnings of their teachings. Yeah, Kylo's much further along than than Rey, but she does not have a Jedi Master. She has the books to to that she can go off of. You know, the original Alpha. Um, uh jedi master trainings but she doesn't have someone to sit there and say hey yeah, that's not yeah. the way to think of
0: it sorry
1: no no that's okay just real quick real page turners aren't they sorry go ahead. <laughs> yeah
0: exactly i, exactly. I actually <laughs> wanted to interject i wanted to interject where did it show that she has the books i missed that i thought they burned that's up she, no oh, she, the, she opened took a them drawer
1: when she left. and they were in the
0: Oh, I yeah. missed that completely. In I the need to see yeah, the they're the in the Millennium yeah. Falcon. She stole
2: them. She she, she literally stole them. Yeah, she she stole did. them. I don't I think... think... Yoda did. I think Yoda yeah. put them there.
1: Yeah. That, I you think know so what?
2: She... That would totally fit into who Yoda is. And he burned it's... the tree so Luke couldn't change his mind and been like, Oh, no, they're gone. I have to stop her.
0: Yeah. Um...
1: I like that. Uh, here, hold my beer. I'll take care of this for you.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> can we, can we, can we have <laughs> more favorite... Do we have more favorite scenes before we move one. on to fan theories? All right, go ahead. Yoda burning the force tree. <laughs>
1: that
4: was a great one. My my favorite one was the was the battle at Crate when 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 Kylo went crazy and just said, shoot everything at him. And as the dust settle, Luke walks off and then dust, you know, blows some dust off of his shoulder. Like, is
2: that all you got, kid? Oh yeah, that was amazing. I I loved, was I loved that part. I loved it. He's, <laughs> I laughed. Lo- like, Let's do this!
0: Oh, that fight scene between Luke and Kylo was just so well choreographed. I loved how that scene went. That was, and really we good. know that yeah. Force Ghost lightsabers can cut through stuff.
1: Yep. yep, I thought that was pretty awesome.
0: That changed yep. the game. Oh, but and nope. it, um, everybody, everybody, say goodbye to Anthony. Anthony had to Bye, take off. Bye,
1: Anthony. Bye, Anthony. He All can't right. say
0: goodbye back. He's already gone.
1: Yeah, and I'm about to jump off too. So real quick. Uh, because I've been waiting to say this. Let's move on to the next one. Fan theories. Ray loves a thing. I totally was right. I'm super excited. Thank you. That was it.
2: <laughs> oh you. no, they're falling in love. They're gonna end up related.
1: They're. An, oh my God, Mike. Sh- sh- I don't
2: think so. Uh, I really sh- don't. Beba. I
1: really. I believe. That was the whole. just a
2: joke. I don't actually think they're related. Yeah, neither but do I. I don't. Not at all. I don't think so, but they have, but they're very well connected to the And so.
1: they're going to end up together, and that's how the Force is going to get balanced. That's exactly how it's going to get balanced. She's going to take him up on it, they're going to end up together, and they're going to create a whole new order. Not the First Order, not the Jedi Order, just a whole new order. That's my, I like that idea. Yeah.
2: Are they going to bring Rebirth to the Grey Jedi?
1: <clears throat> I think so. I think that's exactly what it'll be. Because
2: I could see it, because the way he said that she totally dove for the darkness... Oh,
1: yeah, she did. Yeah. she's Everybody's like, oh, Ray's the good guy. No. No, she is not. She d- attacks everybody without even thinking about it. She's way controlled by her own emotions. The only reason anybody thinks she's a Jedi is because she's not wrapped up in black and her lightsaber isn't red. You change those two things and flip the story around, you would think she was just a Sith in hiding. So, that's all I'm saying. We
0: we got we have six minutes left, or and actually in reality two because you have to leave at ten. Um, I want to ask you, Erica, before you leave, mm-hmm. what do you want to see from the next movie?
1: I want to. i jumping see, way ahead. No, I know. I want to see Kylo and Rey bridge the gap and create a new order, not a Republic, not a First Order, not a Jedi Order, a new order for the galaxy. That's all I'm saying. Something completely new. That's what I want to see. And I want to see Chewie hanging out with more porgs because it was just so cute. All right.
0: I want to see something specific, and I wanted to do it before anybody left just so I can absorb your rage and and, and flow with my own dark side.
1: Okay.
0: I want to see Hayden Christensen, Force Ghost, <laughs> burn in hell. <laughs> Hayden Christensen uh. is a good actor. He's a really good actor. See my life as a house.
2: He's I've a really good it. actor. No, I, I do agree with you. He actually is yeah. a pretty good actor. I've I, seen that movie. I like that movie. I want to see Hayden Christensen, Force
0: Ghost. I want to see them redeem him. I he want it to, to happen.
2: He has to act good in order for me to be okay. Yeah, yeah. he hurt
0: me bad. Unfortunately, he, bad. he will be a Force Ghost, so he'll probably have to wear some kind of blue screen garb, which might screw up his acting. But, you know, I believe that he was a shitty actor, not because of the blue screens, but because of. George Lucas's awful direction, which you can find wholeheartedly. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. which you can find that awful direction in Jedi, and he he was terrible at directing um, two character dialogue.
1: Yeah, unless they were droids talking to each other.
0: Unless they were droids talking to each other.
2: Yeah, but I don't know. (laughs) I I would like to see that. uh, Force Ghost, uh, Force Ghost. I'd like to see see some Obi Wan action too. I'd like to see what happened to Jar Jar. Oh, I know what happened to Jar Jar.
0: Yeah, I know. Jar Jar is a, a beggar on the planet on Naboo. I, on, on Naboo, yeah.
2: Just like they, they post credit that in the canon books. Yeah, post credit scene for the last movie is they they go they go back to Naboo and they just they they show like this little tiny hut often like on a side street and then you just see an old gray like Jar Jar go. Misa was friends with dead. <laughs>
0: Mises, sorry for ruining your franchise. Yeah, no, it looks right, right at the camera.
2: Misa, so sorry. For Erica had sorry. to bail.
0: <laughs> oh. um, we are left with Michael, Milty, and Brian. Um, how long can you hang out, Milton?
4: Uh, I'm here until the end.
0: All right, let's do this, guys. Um, so, listeners, um, so it's the holiday season. I'm actually traveling out of state next week. This is why we did this. Um, I apologize if the editing ends up being terrible because i'm going I have to do it all in one day, so we'll see. so let's um does anybody have any other fan th- theory input?
2: Um, I actually didn't dive super future. deep into theories,
0: yeah, I know that was mostly Erica's thing because of her her pontificating about Raylo, and she was so happy that it ended up being an actual thing. I mean, I'm glad they formed a relationship between those two characters. I mean, I divorced myself from the theories because I knew this movie was going to divert my expectations, and I wouldn't and I wouldn't be satisfied if I got really invested in one theory. i um, what's go ahead, Milton? Well, uh, the
4: the uh, the Raylo theory there is, and me and Erica had been talking about this before the show was in regards to Snoke when when he said, you know, I created that, and I said, no, you just picked on what existed and i think the person who actually created it was ray because in the first in the in, in the uh, the last previous movie when kyla was trying to force himself into her brain and she kept pushing him back and pushing him back totally unexperienced with the force i think at that point that is when the link was created between the two of them
0: I Isn't think the link already uh, existed because when 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 she was he was interrogating her he said don't be afraid i feel it too. Right. I think the link was already there. There there there's definitely something going on between them. I um I've been interested to see what the the new expanded universe does with that and we see where that goes canonically. I don't think we're going to see it delve too deeply into the movies in the movies. Um Unless they do a time skip. But I I get, so I guess this moves into real the polarizing effect of the movie. So there were people who loved the movie and people who hated the movie. And I think the people who hated Mm -hmm. the movie were the people who set up their expectations so rigidly that when they were, when those expectations were shattered, their only response was, screw this movie, I hated it.
2: There's a petition going around to have it removed from canon.
4: Well, it's no longer in canon. Business. Remember, it's no longer in canon. It's its own canon because they, you know, Disney kicked all the others out because they didn't want to deal with all the royalty franchises associated with everything well, yeah, that they, Dark Horse did. I mean, yeah, the, they kicked the out all the,
2: yeah, they kicked out all the expanded universe. But no, they want it removed from base canon they want to remove from from the trilogy, from the saga canon and all i hear is people being crybabies because it wasn't what they expected i because i guarantee everybody expected it to be a straightforward retelling of empire and then it, and it ended up being not empire uh, per se it maybe it was empire in reverse like we were saying but it wasn't what they expected so they're they're going to be upset about it and it's i am i am one of the true defenders of uh like I defend Star Wars, I mean, I defended the 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 prequels. <laughs> okay,
4: we can talk later.
2: <laughs> no, we don't have to. I, I know I'm a very small. Minority, <laughs> I I defend I'm the like... prequels too. I think the prequels I, were great.
4: I I I like the this. The, there's certain parts of this of uh, the prequels that I thoroughly enjoyed and
2: and love. Uh, I, to, I do to, not to think the, they were perfect yeah. in any way, shape, or form. None there them are was somewhat more they could have done. The like, original uh, trilogy wasn't perfect. No, none of them were no. perfect. No.
4: But you know, the uh, I, I was just having fun with you. I truly enjoyed all the all the uh, the prequels. The there's only a couple of things I didn't like. Like you know, the first the first movie, the you know, the Phantom Menace. Cut out the darn pod scene. Oh my gosh! Please,
2: yeah. they could have made it. They could have at least shortened
0: it a lot. What's funny is most people who argue about the prequels say that that's the one thing they liked.
2: Well, and I liked I, it, but it needed to be shorter. I, I found, liked it, but it needed I
0: to be shorter. Found, and and the and when they
2: released it on DVD they lengthened the pod scene <laughs> I saw the extended one I was like this is really cool but it's not going anywhere um people
0: a lot of people were criticizing Canto Bright saying that it felt like something from the prequels and it didn't really didn't really need to be in the movie and I liked it I mean people were saying it was it was only there to give Finn something to do but I thought it was great I thought the whole I mean expand the universe give us more stuff I mean Canto was great it gave us a break from the slow car chase
2: yeah i agree exactly. I, I really enjoyed it um,
4: and, and and the in, in introduction of uh of dj gives you the you know the potential for uh, there's your lando calrissian future han solo person in that aspect
0: yeah, yeah. And, and someone who's probably not going to be redeemed i liked him i like i thought the <clears throat> stutter was a little weird but i mean that's that's um that's benicio had- del toro
2: yeah, I had to get used to that stutter, but you know what? It worked in the end.
0: It's like, oh, and by have- the way, I'm gonna give the character an annoying stutter because I'm Benicio del Toro and I have to. Yeah. <laughs> of course,
4: of course. No, I I, I thoroughly uh, think it is definitely part of of the Star Wars, and and the thing is, is the, those people who uh, are so against it, as you know, was was mentioned, is they had their own expectations, of what they think it should be, uh, but you have to look at. Overall, in in all of the movies, you know, at the the end of the New Hope number four is it ended on a good note. You know, here's you know here's the future. We kick the 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 bad guys' rear, uh, but then at the end of Empire Strikes Back, it was uh, the question: Are we going to be able to survive as they're sitting there? You know, uh, looking out. Uh, are we going to win? And uh, this one here goes into that same aspect that you know are we going to win because one of the the biggest and, and and this is my only real negative that i have for this movie was the fact that they said this was all that was left of the rebel uh, the rebellion was these 400 people I'm sorry a capital ship has more than 400 people, and here they had they had you know three more or less capital ships plus all the reserves that were with them, all the smaller ships. And you're saying you only had 400 people left in the rebellion, and I'm like the rebellion never kept all of its eggs in one basket. That was, what was part of being the rebellion and being that guerrilla um, uh, fighting technique. Is yes, you have uh, your main core, but you always have yourselves outbound. With leadership uh, on, and all of them. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Um, Milton, who was purple haired lady? Uh,
4: that was uh, Dolo.
0: Yeah. That's uh, Samuel Carrie, Dolo. F- that's Carrie yeah. Fisher's daughter, isn't it?
4: No, no, no. Carrie Fisher's daughter was the young girl with the uh, the mini muffins on her head.
0: Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry. sorry that, Dolo, that's how I look at it. Dolo, what? Well, you know, okay. So I think one thing. Dolo should have told Poe what the hell was going on. Why were they keeping it a secret? Holy crap.
4: Um, I they think were... because she didn't she didn't really trust him. She she and... unlike where Leia did, she didn't.
2: I think she yeah. didn't trust him to not fly off the handle and try it something. It
0: was a stupid. huge mistake because a whole bunch of lives could have been saved if he just knew what the hell was going on.
2: Yes. Yes. This is true. This is
0: very true. Um, Maybe. No, I'm sorry,
4: her name was Holdo, not Dolo.
0: Oh, hold on. I want to get back to the, to cool. the to the stutter. I want to watch the movie again because I'm I'm curious to see if the stutter is a tell that whenever he stutters he's lying. It could be. I'm I'm really curious because I I'm obsessed with the stutter. Like there has to be a reason why he was stuttering. It can't just be some annoying character trait for no reason.
2: It's very I, possible.
0: Uh, we'll find out in the name of the third movie, The Revenge of the Stutter. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, no they let that guy.
4: I, I don't know where they're going to go with with the name of the of the of the next one because of the sheer fact of you know uh, when they did the prequels it was you know Revenge of, of the Sith you know which was a playoff of Return of the Jedi so but they already did The Last Jedi as the name of this movie so what's going to be the next one so. Mm.
0: That's a good speculation. Return of the s- 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 scoundrel. S-
4: uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and and this is like I said, you know, in in the in the original, you had Han Solo, who was your uh, your scoundrel more or less, and no matter how you did it, throughout the whole thing, he was still that way. But um, with him gone in the last movie. You had to have someone to be that that uh, antihero, uh, non-Jedi person who's got to be part of the whole story. You know.
0: So you think he'll be redeemed in the third one?
4: I think he will.
2: I think he's at least gonna show up again. Oh yeah. I, I think he's just gonna. I think he's just gonna show up again, honestly. But
4: I don't think he'll 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 be redeemed. He'll be who he is.
2: Oh yeah, exactly. He's, he's,
4: your, he's your smuggler character.
2: He's gonna ask for payment, and uh, in order to not betray them again, like they're like he, they're they're gonna need him in some way again, and he's gonna be like, all right, you, know, you pay me good enough, I won't I won't mess with you.
0: Um, the more we talk, the more we talk about it, the the more I'm starting to not like stuff that happened in Canto Bright, and I don't want to do that because I really did like that part of the movie. Um,
4: I thought I thought it was fun. Well,
0: it was. Oh, you I know, like. It. The reason why they were jailed was because they parked on the beach. (laughs) It's like
2: (laughs) you would think they would have ran their 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 their, like their facial recognition or something. and been like, oh, you guys are wanted. So I I have a little
0: bit of information about Canto Bright. Um, Mark Hamill played one of the aliens. What? He was all um, motion capture set up. Then he played one of the aliens. They haven't revealed which one. And it's not in the credits. Oh wow! Well, it the name is, but we don't know who that name is associated with. Oh wow! I'm I'm thinking he was probably the alien that was putting coins into BB-8. Probably.
4: That would be perfectly. That would be great. <laughs> That'd be right on right on target.
0: Oh man! Yeah, he he asked because um he'd always wanted to be set up with the mo with the motion capture stuff, and he wanted to do something, and that's, they that's set really him up awesome. with
2: it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked a lot of the stuff in the Canto Bright. Um it, it brought, the, it, like uh, Erica was saying, it brought a lot of shades of gray. Or not Erica, Anthony. Was, he brought a lot of shades of gray to the Star Wars universe because it was a very stark black and white, you know, you're good, you're evil. But, you know, the introduction of arms dealers really graded up there.
0: Yeah, I, I think um, my favorite scene in Canto Bright was when they come around the
2: corner and BB-8 has all, has those guys tied up.
4: Oh, that was great. Like did yeah. you do
2: this? <laughs> and he looks at BB and he's like, "You do this?" And BB just looks at him like, "What do you think?" <laughs> oh, I love and when I he's there. BB8 oh, cool. in the ATST. Oh, that was oh. that was great. I loved that.
0: I oh. love how they they had him doing astromech droid stuff. Like they had him controlling vehicles and that whole part where he was fixing Poe's um fix, fixing Poe's ship and they like went they went into the they went into the the little compartment
2: where BB-8 is and showed what an astromech droid does. Well, also the way he is, uh, he um, at the in the first movie he's actually a, a prototype sphero uh, sphero, a sphero protocol droid. He's the, that design is for was supposed to be for the new X-wings. Um, aside from what they have in the first order, it, they're supposed to be more efficient than a standard astromechro because they can get into different places. Plus, the head unit is being able to swivel around the entire ball.
0: I have a I have a name for um, the evil BB-8.
2: It's a BB-E9.
0: No, no, I I know what we're all calling him from now on. What's that? BB Hate. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: That's perfect. Little BB Hate. <laughs> I love that. Oh, okay. uh, but talking, sh- talking new tech. I looked up the 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 new ATAT. It's known as the ATM six all terrain mega caliber six. And because uh, a lot of people uh, I've talked to hated that they gimmick they, they said they gimmicked up the ATAT by giving it you know the, the walking on knuckles feature. But and we we all speculated you know. Before looking up on this, what those knuckles meant, and a lot of us thought, you know, it was for climbing all, climbing over terrain, gripping rock faces. Uh, the official, in the one of the official uh, details through StarWars.com, states that the atm 6 or the All-Terrain Mega Six caliber uh, uses the simian-like front arms to stabilize the Mega Six, uh, the Mega Caliber Six cannon mounted on its back. The- See,
0: you know, that's great, because when I saw it, I saw the knuckles, and I went, I bet that's for stabilization for the heavy weapons.
2: It is. It's designed, because if you also look on the sides of the where, what would be the fingers, uh, there's stabilizer pads that fin out off of it, and... You know the way that the knuckle, the way that the elbow bends, the strain, the reinforcement on the on what would be the wrist section, it makes sense. Plus, most of the weight is leaned towards the face, and any classic firearms um, designer will tell you that you know weight towards the end of the barrel helps keep blowback down.
4: Right, and and that and that's associated if you have a projectile weapon. But here's one of the things in all of the Star Wars movies. I, they've not shown really projectile weapons. They use they use projectile items, you know, like for, for Luke and his little cable and things like that.
2: That's but true. We've never seen a slug weapon, thrower.
4: Never seen a slug thrower at all. So to so, me, I, it, I can see partly maybe for a recoil, but the fact is you're using energy. You're not shooting a projectile where you would have to have the counterbalance um, for that.
2: This is Sorry. true. The, this is very true, but also the with the, with the height and it being an all-terrain uh, mechanism, the stabilization could not be for the blowback then. It could also it could be for stabilizing the unit uh, so it can target because it's on high legs. Uh, most of its weight is up top, and it's designed to be on multiple and possibly uneven terrains. So that gate could be to stabilize it through an uneven rock terrain or maybe even on ice.
4: Well, I, I actually thought it would have been really cool is that um, if they had shown it walk up to the side of the, the mountain of the base and then rear up and those things like just grab into the wall and it pulls back like sheets of the of the rock face. You know, hey, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cool. That, I, so, that
0: would have been cool. Speaking of technology, if we're going to go along with Star Wars, we have the first one. We have a giant Death Star. We have the Star Killer base. Then the second one we don't. We have we have ships, like the Devastator. What's the Death Star going to be in Episode Nine? Not a... Yeah, what's the... I, I'm sure there's going to
2: be a Doomsday system weapon. Murderer, the System Murderer Base.
0: And the, it's, um, and it's well, basically
2: a bunch of, sh- of planets weaved together and they make the giant Death Star beam in the middle of all the planets.
0: Now, I have a theory here. I think that they foreshadowed it in Episode Eight. How? Well, they showed that... um. The gatebreaker weapon. Um, what was that thing called? The miniaturized Death Star oh, technology.
2: Yeah, yeah the, yeah. the gatebreaker. He he said it's basically miniaturized Death Star technology.
0: I think they're foreshadowing that the the big thing is going to be miniaturized Death Star technology. I think that they're they're going to do more miniaturized Death Star technology because they're obviously working on it.
2: Well, if you look at the Dreadnought, also it had two orbital auto cannons that basically nuked a base with just like what four shots. Yep. So that was the other thing that the dreadnought, uh, it's a mandator four class warship with two or with two orbital, uh, auto cannons for large scale bombardments and 24 point anti aircraft cannons on its dorsal surface. It's, uh, seven thousand meters over seven and a half thousand meters long, which is, uh, around 25,000 feet. All right. So. Sorry, um, I like ships from so I, do I. I, I love I love I love navy ships, I love Star Wars ships. I, I I have a soft spot for Star Destroyers. I Oh god that's another collection, Brian. Well I was gonna say, I think we're done with topic, and I wanted to bring
0: something up just to let well, like, you nerd it out for a little while and I'll let Milton know this. Are we good to be done with Star Wars for now and then we'll 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 uh, talk about a few things and then we'll close up? Sure. All right, Milton. Okay. Um, Michael's big nerd hard-on is for Navy ships.
4: Hey, <laughs> <Hi>, Michael. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hi. <laughs> um, can you I tell was on him about seven the, of them. Can you tell them about the Milius?
4: Oh, the Milius uh, was uh, the last of the Arleigh Burke-class destroyers that I was on. <gasps> uh, uh, one of the great things about it uh, uh, is she was still part of what was called the Flight Ones before they extended the ship. Uh, an extra 50 feet to put a permanent hangar on there. Um, my main job was the uh, the vertical launch missile systems on board the Ooh. ship. Yes, yes. I uh, mean, you could, could nerd out a lot, strictly on just military stuff. Oh, my um, gosh. Um, with uh, that aspect, I, I thoroughly... It was my last combatant. It was my last tour in the Gulf. And uh, what a way to go out is that uh, we were... Uh, we did launch for Iraqi Freedom. I um, have some great photos of our missiles going out on that aspect. Um, and um, if you look a, look up on uh, Wikipedia and you pull it up, uh, she is noted as the first ship to launch uh, Tom Hawks during that, uh, um, uh, how would you say, altercation and um my previous before that uh, in that same aspect was uh the only still surviving spruance class destroyer out there which is called the Paul F Foster which is uh DD964 she is the only one still floating um and she launched uh we launched missiles on her during the first gulf war and if you look on wikipedia we were the first ones to launch on that aspect also oh wow and
2: you're on a couple of spearhead ships then.
4: Uh, we were uh, the Foster was one of the uh, first Spruance classes to get the new missile system on the West coast. And uh, she was unique in the fact that when her keel was laid, um, uh, you have gears, reduction gears off of the main turbines, which uh, uh, drives your propellers. Uh, her gear rate, her gearing, uh, main reduction gears uh, were damaged in transit. And these are huge, huge uh, gears uh, to reduce, basically, a big transmission. Okay. Yeah. And so what she they ended were, up doing is were they uh, damaged
2: on transport to the keel?
4: They were damaged on transport to the ship. They were made, uh, main, uh, they're all made elsewhere, then transported. And from my understanding, the truck that was that was transporting them was in an accident, and they were damaged. And so what they had on hand was they had the reduction gears for one of the Ticonderoga cruisers. And so they put those in and she had a slightly higher gear ratio than the spruance classes. And so she was the fastest spru can on, on the West coast because of that. Cause we are, our, our captains used to race. We used to get nose to nose and then everyone, you know, uh, go to a, a full flank ahead and, there was, you know, you, you take in, you know, an 8,000-ton ship in the water, and you slap four, you know, jet-engine ships to it, and say, okay, let's open her up, and <laughs> and you have to think of how much energy is needed to do that for starters.
2: That is and a lot.
4: I loved it when we'd always do the races. I'd always try and go up to the bow, and when you could tell when they'd kick it in, because they, they they'd be communicating over the announcement system between the ships, and you could. You could feel the jerk. It was literally like someone popped a clutch on an 8,000-ton ship, and you were jerked when that thing went into.
2: That's got to be an amazing feeling.
4: The other one is on those Arleigh Burks. The Arleigh Burks was the only ship that I can tell you uh, that was made after World War II that I fully felt completely safe going into any combat situation and coming out. Those things are designed to go in cause as much havoc, take whatever damage and still stroll out. They, they are completely compartmentalized redundancy, you know, triple time over redundancy. Um, Their, uh, their combat systems is redundant three times over their damage control systems are three times over Uh, the ship is, uh, you can isolate it every which way to Sunday, and the only way that ship will lose power is if it becomes a sub.
2: Oh my gosh, that is
0: amazing. You, you, I think you had Michael forever to be in love with you when you said <laughs> our
2: captains used to race. Yeah, <laughs> you did. That is that is amazing. Well, did you? I I don't think you ever heard what my wife did for me for our wedding anniversary this year. Uh, she. Booked us on the Hornblower cruise uh, down oh, in San Sandal. Diego. Yeah. Yep. And I got to and on that cruise, we got I got we got to go down the ship row, and I got to just see all of the ships that were in dock, whether they were getting repainted, repaired, or getting ready to be uh, first launch, and. It was, to me, it was amazing. I was in such heaven. Because, like, we went on the cruise and, like, we were, were floating there. I was like, this is really nice. This is beautiful. And then she goes, look over to your left. And I looked over and I just saw all the ships rode up. And I was like, oh, oh I love you so much. She goes, I love you too. This side's for you. The other side's for me. <laughs> And it was it was just beautiful because they showed the uh, the one of the the prototype for the the Zimwalt class destroyer ah. that they're trying to get out. Yes, and it's coming in like two billion over what they estimated price was. Oh,
4: I know. And and personally, yeah. I looked at them. I look at the functions. I look at the the potential for them. And I personally like okay, it's a pretty expensive toy. That's
2: it pretty, is. I, I don't I think, think it the Els Gus is... ticks.
4: I, I, I think the uh, the LCS is uh, at least the the class two version that was coming out of uh, Australia. I think is a much better ship, personally. I
2: agree. But. I agree. These these guys, there's you know, it's the thing about you know more moving parts, more chance for disaster. I mean, the last two times they put it out for sea trial testing, uh, she went dead in the water.
4: Yeah, they, the, the, they, that's the one thing I love about the Arleigh Burke. Yeah, the the Arleigh uh, you you have three uh, uh, generators for producing electricity. And these are D- basically DC 10 jet engines, you know, right. You know, they pulled off the, off of a 747 and, um, that's what you use to produce electricity.
2: Yeah.
4: And, um, you always have two of them online. You take one down to do maintenance, but, uh, they have so much redundancy in the, uh, in the circuits, uh, for the power circuits going around the ship that, uh, like I said, the only time we will lose power is, you know, we, we, we've bitten off more than we can chew, and we've become a sub. You're going underwater. That's when you'll lose power.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, these, uh, that those Berks are amazing.
4: I, I didn't know. I, 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 I can to tell be... you so much more oh, <laughs> when we're goodness. alive.
2: <laughs> yeah. I would love to, I'd love to get you back on and do just an episode on that. Hey, but, you know, let's yeah. eat them. <laughs> Oh, totally. Um. Like I've I've gotten to go into the midway and I got lost in there and I wasn't upset. No,
4: no. No, no.
0: I, oh, I the midway's cool. The midway's fun it. to get lost in. You can really see a lot of cool things, and I love talking to the the old retired navy guys in there, and they they love
2: chatting with you. Oh yeah, telling they do. you
0: about all this stuff, and it, especially really
2: the good. people who had served on the ship. Yeah, finding those guys are really the fun one guys to talk to. I love talking to my wife's uncle because he's a he's a retired chief, and he was on the the Ranger, the Constellation, and the Coral Sea. And talking to him about all that, he about his service uh, was is always one of my fun things to talk to him about. Uh,
4: I, I I have my my own. Uh, things on that. My my first two ships that I was on were uh, support ships for for Trident subs, and uh, wow. those sh- those ships, you know, we had 13 to 1500 people on there, and even then, that was too many people. You don't know who everyone is. You don't know all the departments. You don't know. Uh, you can't really build a, a real friendship. Uh, you can do parcels. But there's just too many people. And when you get onto those larger ships, um, like the Connie and all of those, is you become a number. and You're no longer a person.
2: Yeah. And uh, you, you get your close guys, but there's, there's no familiarity, I'm sure.
4: Not overall. And, and that's why I liked the combatants. Uh, after I did those, I, uh, I, I was supposed to have been on a combatant originally because of my job. But um, eventually, I did make it back to those, and from then on out, I, you know, I made sure that I was always able to stay, either on a cruiser or a destroyer. Personally, I like the uh, destroyers over the cruisers personally, uh, but uh, because the largest that you got your crew, if you had your your air debt on board, you'd get about 300, you know, maybe 350.
2: But other well, than that, you low. know everybody. That low, I, I thought it would be more around 500.
4: No, no. Actually, um, once you got down to the Arlie Burks and um, you went to what was called optimal manning, where we reduced uh, – uh, there was a lot more cross-chain training and responsibilities that, that used to be individually associated uh, to just one department it was now crossed over into everybody. And so you actually would hold two or three different jobs. And with that, oh we reduced we reduced the manning down to literally like 200. And, oh wow! Oh yeah, but we still did everything because we we were the optimal manning test platform. And when we went out to the Gulf and we did, you know, during Iraqi. Uh, I mean, um, uh, uh, Iraqi oh, first one? Um, no, not the first one. The, the first one was the storm. The last one was, yeah. uh, was Iraqi Freedom. Uh, When we when we did that one, we were we were doing missile launches. We were doing um, uh, uh, our uh, helo ops and we were doing interdiction and we were doing VBSS all at the same time with the minimized crew.
2: That's impressive, actually, because not a single one of those operations is as simple. No, (laughs) 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 that is very impressive.
4: Well, if you train, that's the biggest thing. A lot, a lot of people don't realize. If you go back and you look at a lot of the old World War II movies and things like that, uh, your your engineering crew used to be, you know, three times the amount of what it needs to be today, because you had your boilers and you had to have your guys who who manned the boilers and 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 uh, and the steam and everything else. Now, uh, once they got rid of boilers. Uh, there are two two huge major aspects. One, you're not using boilers to extract fresh water from the ocean, and in salt water, you're doing. We use reverse osmosis, and so you can you produce so much fresh water, we can everything is now fresh water on board the ship. The firefighting, all your, your plumbing systems, everything, it's all now Fresh water, So with that, you don't have uh, as much corrosion. So you reduce your manpower on that aspect. You don't have to deal with a, a boiler and the separation of your water. And then also, two. now you're using gas turbine jet engines for your propulsion versus a boiler where you have to heat it up, bring it up to pressure, transition the steam to turn the to turn the turbines in order to, to move. Now you yeah. just go in, you flip the switch, and, and we're, we can pull away from the pier in like 15 minutes where the old boilers, it would take you a day.
0: Dang. So. Well, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. some incredible stuff, Milton. Um, we are running out of time. Um I'm sorry. Because we're going to split this up into two. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. no I, I did that, that specifically. Now, listeners, I know that was a lot of Navy stuff. I did that specifically because I wanted to give uh, Michael a little... Little Christmas present and let him have <laughs> and let him geek out for a little bit. And I know he appreciates it. Oh, I do. Um, I do a lot. So now is the time where we have to describe a movie badly. And I was thinking about this as we we're going. <laughs> Let's describe Star Wars The Last Jedi badly. <laughs> we can do
2: that.
4: Okay. What do you have to go through first? Because I haven't done this. So I have to see how you do it.
2: Okay. Um, Michael, do you so, want to do this? Okay. So <laughs> The Last Jedi is. No, remember you said badly, just like oh, it was me on the this. The Last Jedi is basically Return of the Jedi in reverse, but it's New Hope Forward, but it's Revenge of the Sith reverse. Wow, that confused me. That was pretty awful. <laughs> exactly. That was great.
0: I <laughs> I think um the The Last Jedi is what happens when um the only movie the writer has seen is Empire Strikes Back. <laughs>
2: You want to see how this works? <laughs>
4: yeah, yep, yep, yep. And you, t- and both, you took great aspects. Uh, Michael, you took my my opening line from the first. Uh, <laughs> and, and Brian, you couldn't have said it better than that. But overall, let's see. Uh, it's um, a guy who who uh, directed a, the movie who wasn't sure where he wanted to go. Tried to bring too much in together at one time. And left everyone kind of lost
0: and
2: That's what's going to be on the back of the DVD. That is, ex- <laughs> that is exactly the back of the DVD. <laughs> with special uh, guest parents by, and then it just shows a Porg. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, guys. Um, so we are, we are what's left of this episode. We started with, we started with, um, five people. We're down to three. Um, Milton. Like the new Star Wars franchise, we have lost two characters. Um, <laughs> do you? <laughs> and and um, which one of us is Snoke? That uh, which one of the ones who left is Snoke? Is it Anthony or Erica? I'm gonna go Anthony. Yeah, I'm gonna say Erica, probably me because
2: my legs have seemed to have disappeared. Erica had to
0: leave early so she could have a glass of green milk. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, Their dwarf beard, um, Milton. Um, do you have any nerdy plans coming up for the new year?
4: Um, nerdy plans for the new year. Well, I already have some. Um, uh, one of the things that uh, Brian, I know you haven't uh, been, we haven't been able to to get in contact as much as possible, but uh, I have some friends uh, over, and and we're, we're playing D and D roughly about once a month. And uh, the biggest geek thing that I have right off the bat is. Uh, I know he won't be listening to this because, well, I hope not, but uh, for my, uh, I, my son here, I, I got him a new video card and new RAM for his computer, so uh, right after Christmas and he opens it up, I get to help him. Uh, I'm going to make him install it because just like Eric i will tell you, I, I taught my kids all that way, and so this way he can learn how to... Upgrade his computer with all the new hardware and enjoy uh, his new video card and extended RAM.
0: Oh, that sounds great. If you um, if you set up parental blocking software on the computer he uses, it would block it. We flag our episodes as mature. Okay. So if you don't want him to be spoiled by anything, that that totally works. Um, um, uh, Michael, what about
2: you? Well, we're going to be doing our annual New Year's Eve get together for. Board games, dice games, card games, and... I can't go. It's okay. You're going to do something really important.
0: Well, I'm actually coming back on New Year's Eve, but my plane doesn't arrive till 10. Oh, yeah. Yeah. By the time you get back around here, we'll probably be passing out. And we're doing airport parking, so it's going to take a while to get the car out of the airport. So I probably wouldn't get back to Hammett till like, 1.00.
2: And we'd probably be wrapping up around then. But yeah, we're we're doing our annual party and here in our new. And this is gonna be our first time here in the new house doing it. And we're not gonna have a big group. It's just gonna be a few of us. A lot of people have their own uh, handmade plans already this year. But we're really just glad that we're able to keep going. We realize that this that uh, we've been me and my wife have been married for five years, and every year we've had a New Year's Eve get together. And so we want to make it like a continuing tradition. So that that's our big thing we're doing. And then Christmas, and then for Christmas we're just. Which will have been at, which will have already happened. Uh, Christmas was great. We had fun. It was awesome. It was amazing. Getting talk Doing a little future talk. <laughs> but no, for the new year, yeah, we're just we're gonna have our annual get together party, and get just get some friends over, play some games. And I think my friend Dwayne was gonna bring over his VR system. Oh,
0: sweet. Well, I am. Oh. I am going to um, Portland for for a week. So I think the nerdiest thing I'll probably do while I'm there is we were talking about getting me Heather and my mom together and just going to uh Guardian Games and taking advantage of their giant board game library. Oh,
2: you know, that'll yeah. be fun.
0: It's it's two whole walls of a of a big room. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's huge and and they they handle it so well. They um the room where they have the board games has a bar in it too. I mean, I don't drink, but there's there's a bar in it. That that's that's a neat thing to find at a game
2: shop. That is something really neat to find in a game shop.
0: Yeah, the only sure. thing that stinks about that is you need to be over twenty one to access the board game library.
2: Uh, oh, that that yeah, that kind of sucks.
4: That takes all the fun out of it. How are you supposed to raise the next generation?
0: This
2: is very true. Very
0: yeah, it true. creates a different environment. I mean, it's nice to have a kid-free environment to game. It's more of an adult adult room. I mean, you don't have a bunch of a bunch of families in there. So, I mean... That's true. Their audience is mostly the 20-something college students. It's not really the families. That's not so bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's right... Oh, the no, party I... games is right near um, OSU. Okay. So, well, it's, it's real college-y. Yeah,
4: well, I'm not sure, Michael, where 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 you live at in relationship last night, but uh, last night I was I was picking up a, a last minute uh, gift for someone, and I was um, over uh, in uh, I don't know if I know Brian knows uh, Rancho uh, Cucamonga, Ontario area.
2: Oh, I know that. And, that's
4: at. and uh, last night I stepped out just as the uh, SpaceX uh, the
2: Falcon uh, Nine.
4: Falcon 9 was coming over, and I got to see the separation live there from the first uh, main booster separating off. I, had, I got some video, but I, it wasn't really good because I was sitting in a parking lot with tons of lights around me, yeah. but uh, I... it was visually gorgeous because oh, the, the, I trail, got the, the trail was completely lit up by all of the lights there around the L.A. area, Yeah, and oh my gosh, it was awesome
2: it was beautiful. I I had just stepped out for lunch at work right as the booster was separating. And I just like, Oh my gosh, that is so cool. I thought it was just really awesome. Um, my wife sent me pictures of it. And she's like, "What is that?" And I and I was like, "Oh, look online," because I wasn't sure at first. Because I saw the it's separate. I was like, "It's got to be some kind of launch." And we both looked online at the same time, and it was the Falcon 9 launch from Vandenberg. And I was just like, "That is amazing!" And a bunch of people were coming in, showing pictures. Like, "I told you, aliens are real. And they visited us tonight." And they're like, <laughs> "And it launched one of its probes, and it flew the other way." And I was like. Uh, That was a Falcon 9 rocket from SpaceX launching off of Vandenberg. That piece that flew, that came off and flew the opposite direction was a booster going, trying to do its recovery programming.
0: Well, it's nice to actually get some context behind that. We were talking about that yesterday and I I was like, it was a rocket launch. I mean, obviously, why are you getting all conspiracy?
2: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people are like, oh, this is us doing missile tests. We're going to war. And it's like, eh, it was SpaceX. They're not exactly military. <sighs> yeah, yeah. So. All
0: right. All right, well, that's it for today. Um, we had a great talk about Star Wars. Um, and um, I hope this works out, split between two weeks. Sorry about this, listeners. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean, we've been talking for two hours, so it'll be two short episodes. Um, two decent episodes, actually. Yeah. And um, you got to hear you got to hear um, Michael's nerdy reaction to hearing all about Milton's experience in the Navy. Um, Loved it. Thank you all for listening. Um, this has been Super Vegan Brian. I was joined by Special Mikey. Bye, everybody. Our new wonderful guest, Papa Smurf Milton. Thank you. It's my pleasure, guys. Um, this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay nerdy. Stay informed. And stay awesome. Stay awesome. I'm glad. Awesome. Bye. Anthony, say goodbye. Brian, cut him off.
1: <laughs> Bye,
2: guys. We'll, we'll, we'll. We'll, we'll, we'll. show. podcast we'll, we'll, we'll.